Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jolliffe, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Hi, this is Chris Doctor, and I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda NP. I'll be joined in just a minute by Rhonda Jolliffe. Hey, are you a first-time listener? Well, if you are, hello. We are really happy that you're here today. Rhonda and I are here to help you figure out some of the most common or maybe not so common questions related to your perimenopause and menopause experience. So any of the things we talk about today, resources specifically, we will put links in the show notes, which you can find at our website, rondanp.com. Also, if you want to jump on over to that website, there's a lot of things there for you to look at and understand and find some value in, but we really have some great resources, especially in our web store, where we have high quality products that Rhonda uses every day in her clinic with her patients. We also have some great information in there, like our perimenopause quiz that you can take and lots of information about our online courses that are available. So are you ready? So today we are learning all about our thyroid. Personally, I don't have any thyroid issues, but I know a few friends who do. And you know what? It can be the pits. So changes in your thyroid happen most commonly with hormone changes like puberty, pregnancy, and menopause. Lucky us, right? So today, Rhonda and I dive into the most common symptoms associated with thyroid imbalance. Also, why checking your levels is so important, especially for women. It's something Rhonda does with every one of her perimenopausal and menopausal patients. We are also talking about hypo and hyperthyroidism and how they are different. Rhonda also breaks down the types of tests that your healthcare practitioner may order for you and what they're looking for exactly. She also shares some important information about natural remedies as well as the common types of thyroid medication and a little caution when it comes to those generic brands. So are you ready? Let's get going. So at the time of this recording, it's a bright summer day and we are uh, enjoying our weather here and the birds are singing, the sun is shining. But for some people, they may be dealing with thyroid problems. And, you know, you can't talk about hormone balance without talking about the thyroid. And there seems to be so much information today, Rhonda, on thyroid. And I don't really know how to decipher what's right and what's wrong. So can we start talking about the thyroid and from you? And we're so lucky today because you are an expert in this and you treat patients every day and have for years with their thyroid. So let's go. Yeah, well, the thyroid is, uh, you know, I've been in practice, like I said, for 20 years. So I've seen different things over those 20 years. That's a nice thing about actually being around for a long time. You see a lot of things. <laughs> so there are some positives those menopause women are going through. Um, we've been around for a while. So as far as the thyroid, I have seen it become, I'm going to say more popular. I'm going to use that word because it seems to me that people are coming in asking me to check their thyroid or my thyroid's off or I think I have a thyroid problem and 15 years ago maybe even only 10 years ago I was telling them 
that we should check your thyroid. Here's, you know, here's what we need to look at. But because of the internet, because of the information on the internet and all the education out there, people are hearing about this whole thyroid thing. The thyroid itself is part of the endocrine system. It's a gland and it's located kind of right by your voice box, kind of in the lower part of your neck. And it's a tiny gland, but it can enlarge um, if there's problems going on with it. And the thing about the thyroid is the changes in thyroid happen most commonly with hormonal changes. So puberty, pregnancy is a common time when we see the thyroid go off. So we do check thyroids around pregnancy as well. And then menopause, it's very, very common that you'll see. And I, in particular, had a thyroid issue that started right at the onset of menopause that boy, I, I really understand it very well, what can go on with that little gland. So, so can I stop you real quick and ask yeah. what, what type of symptoms uh, present with a thyroid problem? Because that's, somebody might be thinking, do I have a thyroid problem right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's many because the thyroid really is the gland that manages our metabolic system. So it really, there's so many, if you look at the whole symptom, the list is really long. The most common one is fatigue, hair loss, dry skin, brain fog, heart palpitations, just not feeling yourself, depression, achiness. Some people can have really a lot of body aches is a common thing with thyroid, headaches, body aches, loss of libido. There's just a really long list. Now that list also goes into when you're lacking other hormones. So when you think about hormones, it's like a lot of the symptoms are very similar. So when people do come in with a thyroid or concerned about their thyroid, I check everybody out. Every woman that has not had a thyroid with check within a year gets checked in my office because it is that important in women's health. Um, so I do check that, but I do also look at the whole endocrine system. What are their sex hormones, their progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone doing? And then the adrenal system, our adrenal glands, our stress glands, keep in mind those are really closely related to the thyroid and the two go hand in hand. So if you have an adrenal problem, the likelihood of your thyroid becoming very sluggish is quite high. So when you're looking at the thyroid, you definitely have to keep in mind the adrenal glands as well. So what would, what would be the difference between hypothyroid and hyperthyroid in patients? And what are symptoms of each of those? So the thyroid gland actually produces hormones and the two most common, there's more than this, but the two most common are T3 and T4 hormones. And these, when you're lacking it, it's called hypothyroidism. Now hyperthyroidism is when you're producing too much. And I like to think of the symptoms of hyper as just how it says hyper. You feel anxious, you feel kind of jittery, you might have heart palpitations, you're not sleeping, you might be anxious, or just really irritable, really moody, uh, and you just don't feel good. And you actually can be quite fatigued with hyperthyroid. So some people think, well, it must if I'm fatigued, I must be hypo, but hyper, actually, you become very fatigued because it's like your body is on overdrive and it's exhausting. Interesting. So you talk about taking tests. So what is thyroid stimulating hormone and how is that measured? And what should uh, someone's target number be? So the thyroid stimulating hormone is what in 
regular medicine or allopathic medicine and we are taught you get the TSH. Now many physicians just get a TSH and it's the thyroid stimulating hormone comes from the message of the pituitary gland whether there's enough production of hormone. So that level will be a certain level if the pituitary gland gets the message that there's not enough hormone, the thyroid stimulating hormone will elevate. So when you see high, it's kind of the opposite. When you see high TSH, that means you are more hypothyroid. And you, when you see a low TSH, you are hyperthyroid. So it gets a little confusing there, but doctors and practitioners know this very well, the difference. The thyroid stimulating hormone has been kind of the gold standard of what we measure. And, and I can tell you that if that's all you measure, you really could be misled in what's really going on with that patient's thyroid gland. I do a comprehensive test. I do a TSH. And then I also get the free T4 and free T3. Now the free hormone is really what's in the tissue. And that's really, I think, most important. It's okay to do a total, which is really just what's in the blood. But we really want to know what's out in the tissues and what's really working for you. So I get those two. And then I also get, on most people, I'll get a thyroid peroxidase antibody because your levels can be normal, but you might have antibodies that are flaring up against your thyroid that can actually be causing a lot of symptoms yet still having normal levels. So I always get that as well. And then there's some a reverse T3 and there's also some other antithyroid globulin testing that you can do that I consider also, but I do that on an individualized basis because of cost more than anything. If you get a TSH, a free T4, and a free T3, I can pretty much tell you a lot about your thyroid when you look at the symptoms and what's going on there as well. Can I ask you what the, did you say free T3, like F-R-E-E? Yes. Free T3, so T3 is T3 and T4 are the two main hormones that are produced. T3 is the active one, T4 is the inactive. And when you get the free levels, that's basically what's outside in the tissue that's out of the blood. So the total, if you get a total total T3 or total T4, that's what's in the bloodstream, circulating in the bloodstream. But that's not as important as seeing the free, which is out in the tissues and where your symptoms really are, are lying. Okay. Okay. What else besides all these tests are important for, to make sure that your thyroid condition is under control? So the thing about thyroid, it's, it's actually quite confusing for most people. And it's even, even confusing for physicians uh, because there is so much to it. There's a lot more than just adding thyroid medication or not giving thyroid medication because your TSH is within normal. And by the way, the TSH level, there's a really wide range of it. So it, depending on the lab, the labs vary from lab to lab, but it can be like a 0.3 to a 4.0. Now our, our physiological production of hormones um, the TSH should be right around a 1.0 to 1.5, and that's where I like to get my patients to. Anything below that might be a little hyper, and anything above could be hypo. And so you want to keep that in mind. And hyperthyroidism is not good either for, um, especially for menopausal women, because the number one thing, it can deplete your bone density. So you have to be cautious 
with that as well. But in regards to, okay, <laughs> uh, did I get your question answered? I got sidetracked. <laughs> um, I asked, I asked what else is, no, I think you did. What else is important for making sure my thyroid condition is under control? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that and okay. say, here's the thing. The thyroid gland is very, very sensitive to toxicity. So toxicity is a really big deal when your thyroid is off. And so the first thing I think of is really detoxing, really supporting the liver. The conversion of T3 to T4 happens in the liver. I'm sorry, T4 to T3 happens in the liver. And if your liver's not functioning right, it can affect that conversion. So starting with a detox is really where I like to go with thyroid. And so getting rid of all those toxins because the thyroid gland is very sensitive to stimulation of anything that we eat that could be toxic, anything we breathe or anything that we get on our skin. And also the thyroid, interestingly enough, is very sensitive to emotion. So uh, any emotional issues that come up can be affected by the thyroid as well. Now, some energetic people will say the thyroid gland is in between the brain and the heart. And when your brain and your heart, your logical thinking and what your heart says are fighting, it might affect your thyroid gland. So that's just a little offshoot there. <laughs> so in, when we're talking about thyroid and the big C comes in, thyroid cancer. So if someone is hypo or hyper thyroid, do you call it thyroidism? What do you call it? Thyroid? Hypothyroid or hypothyroidism. See, I'm learning along with all of you. I don't know any of this stuff. Um, so are you more prone to be diagnosed with thyroid cancer then? Or is that a whole different thing? You know, I could say that. Thyroid cancer is kind of a tricky one. It actually wasn't very common, but it's becoming more common. And thyroid cancer generally, the majority of thyroid cancers are benign or they're not, I, I shouldn't say benign, the majority of them do not metastasize. So mm -hmm. they're usually encapsulated, they're, they're very treatable, you remove it. Now um, we're seeing in more recent years that that's not as true. So if you have a thyroid problem, it really is important to see a practitioner that assesses your thyroid gland for any nodules. And I even like to get ultrasounds if I'm at all suspicious of anything that's not making sense because sometimes the levels are good, but their symptoms might be off or the levels are way off and they're not experiencing any major symptoms that make sense or something's not making sense when I start treating it, then I will certainly get a thyroid ultrasound and I'm doing more and more of those as well. I think it should be done on most people that have thyroid is to get a baseline to make sure that they don't have any nodules in there. So if I'm a menopausal woman and am I having all of the symptoms that you mentioned, just because, you know, but I could still be having all those symptoms and my thyroid could really be fine, right? In those normal ranges. But sometimes because of the huge uh, change that's going on, those our symptoms do kind of overlap. The symptoms really do overlap. And, and, so, and if the thyroid is borderline at menopause, I'll support the thyroid gland just to support the whole endocrine system. It doesn't mean they have thyroid disease and, and that we have to go on and put them on medication for life. It means that we might have to just support that thyroid a little bit more while they're going through all these major hormonal shifts 
and then as time goes on and the body heals and you're doing okay, you may not need that thyroid support. So some of the thyroid support, there's nutrients that actually help the thyroid gland itself. And number one, vitamin D. You need to have your vitamin D level uh, high enough because vitamin D is a vital nutrient for thyroid function. Selenium is also a vital nutrient, as is iron and zinc. And so these things are all really important. So getting on a good multivitamin, multimineral can really help the thyroid gland as well. Are there any specific doses of what those vitamins and nutrients you just mentioned, or is it a good multi-mineral multivitamin? Yeah, that's a good question. And the popular thing that's going on now is iodine. People are going and taking iodine that they're picking up in health food stores because iodine, I think I forgot to mention that as one of the minerals, but iodine is an important mineral, obviously, for the thyroid gland. And that used to be the treatment before medications came out. But so people are going in the health food stores and starting iodine, and you have to be a little cautious with that. I've seen more hyperthyroidism in the last, oh, three years than I've seen in the previous 17 of my practice. And that is because of the over-the-counter iodine supplements that people are using and overdoing. So our physiological iodine that our body really requires on a daily basis is quite low. It's only 10, 10 micrograms to 12. And some people are taking supplements where they're getting up to 50, 60, and even 100. So they're taking a lot of extra iodine. And I have to Take note that you need to be really, really cautious with that. I have a supplement that I use that's called Thyroid Pro, and it does have these nutrients in it. I'm a little cautious with that as well. I monitor people, and I don't start anybody on Thyroid Pro unless they have some thyroid issue like a borderline thyroid that they're not way out there of a TSH. Maybe the TSH is like a 3.2, still in the normal range, but I like to get it between a 1 and a 1.5. I might put them on Thyroid Pro for a short time, but keep in mind the detoxing and healthy eating and healthy living and managing your stress will really support your thyroid gland more than anything because the adrenal glands are firing up that thyroid as well. And those are our stress glands. So I really look at stress management as well. So you mentioned Thyroid Pro. We'll put a link to that in the show notes because, but with great caution, of course. But talking about detox, are there any products that you would recommend or if someone would like to, to try this on their own with their with their healthcare provider? Right. I, there's There's a lot of products out there. I'm just very accustomed to using a lot of the ones I use are Metagenics, and they have medical foods that are designed for various things. And the medical foods that I use for thyroid is either Ultra Clear Plus, which is mainly a liver detox, or the Ultra Clear Plus Renew. And Renew actually has some detoxers of heavy metals because there is a connection with heavy metal toxicity and thyroid gland as well. So looking at that, and that's a whole nother topic in itself, but that can affect the thyroid gland. So Ultra Clear Renew, if you think you have a lot of, I guess I would suggest that for someone that has, if they're exposed, if they wear a lot of jewelry or they work in a jewelry store, or they think that they might have some exposure to heavy metals, or if they have a lot of amalgams in their, mercury amalgams in their mouth, that could be some heavy metal toxicity too. So then I would use the Renew. Oh, do so much better just with detoxing. Interesting. So if you are diagnosed and you are put on a thyroid medication, what are some of the 
names of those just for our listener to be familiar with that terminology? Yeah, so the most common one is Synthroid, which is simply a, a supplement medication for T4. Um, the thing about Synthroid, what I've seen over the years, it used to be a pretty good medication, and now the generic form of it makes me a little nervous because there's about 27, probably a couple years ago, there was 27 companies that made the generic form of levothyroxine. Now, if you know about drugs and drug companies, they're all supposed to be the same, but they all have their own little fillers or something's a little different. So what I've seen is a lot of people's thyroids changing and then I'll check with the pharmacy and hear their, their supplier had changed and they actually changed up their medication, which is kind of a scary thing. It's been a really bothersome thing to me. So when I put people on Synthroid, I really prefer doing brand just because they might get three different kinds within a year. I have this from the same pharmacy because they might change it up every, every three months. So I've seen that. And so when people's thyroids, they've been on the same medication for years and all of a sudden their thyroid's going wacky, then I have to be concerned about, is it, you know, the generic that they just changed to. So there's that. There's also Nature Thyroid, WP Thyroid. These are, they have a more support of the T3 and T4, and they're considered a little bit more natural. However, nothing is 100% natural, but it is, some people just feel better on it. Now, the thing about thyroid is Synthroid has gotten a bad name, and so everybody wants to go on Nature Thyroid or Armor Thyroid or WP Thyroid, and that's great. But from, speaking from experience, I have people that do not feel good on armor, do not feel good on nature, and do not feel good on WP, or do not feel good on Synthroid. So my recommendation is really, if you're not feeling good, is to try each one of them and see which one you feel the best on. And that's kind of what I do with my patients. Unless they're feeling really good, I'll leave them on that. But if they're just not feeling good and we're not getting the levels right, I'll switch up their thyroid medication and see which one is best for them. Because I do have some people that they just feel the best on Synthroid, and that's what, I'm, that's what I want to give them. So that's how I make my decision. I usually start out with WP or Nature because they tend to be the most um, well-tolerated and accepted for people. So that's what I usually start out with, but I may end up with a different one. Okay, so as we finish with this, interesting conversation about thyroid. What are the closing thoughts you'd like to leave with our listener? So I could talk about thyroid for hours, to be honest, but I guess that the biggest thing is if, keep in mind that in perimenopause and menopause, thyroid is a common condition and you need to get your levels checked. It is really important not to just assume that you have a thyroid problem and start treating it, but to get your levels checked. I would be cautious in, in starting any supplementation that has glandulars or iodine in it, unless your thyroid levels really are checked and are, are considered more on a borderline type level. And really living a healthy life, stress-free life. Ha ha ha. Stress as minimal stress, eating well, eating good foods, and um, detoxing is really high on my list when you're supporting your thyroid gland. Great. So what I'll do is the supplements that you mentioned that we carry in our web store, I'll put on our show notes in, on our website, rhondanp.com. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to encourage our listener to 
check us out on iTunes and please leave us a review. We have a lot of people downloading and, and coming to our to find information on menopause and your review really helps push our uh, podcast to the top of the list. And we really appreciate that. And if you have any other questions on menopause, perimenopause, please do sign up and subscribe to our list. And you can do that right on our website, rondanp.com. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Hey, so hopefully you learned a little more about your thyroid today and maybe some steps to take um, if you are having some issues and you can talk to your healthcare practitioner about that. So we don't want you to miss out on our online education course, Menopause 101. We open the course every few weeks to ensure that we're able to provide VIP service to our new students. And let's be honest here, girlfriend, we're dealing with menopausal women and we know sometimes it may take a little bit longer to get familiar with new technology like the type we use to teach our course. It's really, really user-friendly, but if you've never taken an online course like ours, we want to make sure to set you up on the right track to make sure you get the absolute most out of this experience. So jump on over to rondanp.com and check out and see if enrollment is open. If it is, check us out. If enrollment isn't open, you can put your name on a list and we send out a quick reminder email when we do have the course open. The information you will gain from the course is just priceless and could be the new solution that you have been looking for for your perimenopause or menopause experience. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.